Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Fly Okay, in case in case you haven't picked up, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so Stephen's back. <laughs> Welcome back, Stephen. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Stephen's back, and my oh my, oh, has he made his presence felt? Um, we don't have Kwame today, and Stephen is going to touch on why. But Stephen has very kindly stepped into his shoes. Uh, actually, I'm giving, I'm doing, I'm doing yeah, Kwame a disservice there because he's actually stepped yeah. up his audio game. 100%. He stepped up his audio game. Yeah, 100%. But we just, we've been recording for the last ten minutes only for Stephen to realise <laughs> after he had dropped some gold, some fire for the people that he wasn't recording. So this is round two. Oh, uh, we, we spoke a little bit about uh, our uh, vaccination conspiracies or the conspiracies that our families are trying to push on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we then concluded that Kieran is probably going to have to get the vaccination due to the nature of his job. Mm-hmm. And then we introed the pod. We also mentioned that the pod has had various uh, versions of the intro. And because Stephen did such a great job of outro in the pod last week, we're going to throw it over to the man with a plan, back in Amsterdam. Ooh. Stephen, please introduce the pod. Who are we listening to today, my brother? I have a hand up just before Stephen goes. I, I I wouldn't call Stephen the man with the plan, nah, to be nah, honest. Anything. Nah, I wouldn't. I, would. <laughs> I, I really, <laughs> really wouldn't. I'm just trying to boost him up, man. I'm just trying to boost his confidence after he fumbled no, got, the bag here. No, he's got all the confidence, but I don't think yeah. he has a plan. Ad hoc, ad hoc, ad hoc. <laughs> Yo, wait, wait, Stephen, are those new headphones, um, no, no, by the way? These have been seen on previous editions, but they might be uh, new to the school. This guy, fucking okay, nice, oh my G. Gosh. Okay, uh, yes. he may not be the man with a plan, but he's the man who can hey, introduce like this pod, my brother. Everybody knows that can. Yes, I do. Yes, indeed. You're listening to the one and only out of home <laughs> podcast, a show. A life of women and audio orgasm brought to you. Yeah, you. I like that one. <laughs> you, I like that one. If you're one. under 18, cover your eardrums because we're going in. Raw, very raw. Raw, very raw. Brought to you by the man then. Four Londoners. It's a man there. Four Londoners who once lived in Amsterdam, but some still do, but some don't. Some live across London and Amsterdam. <laughs> brought together by the vocal cords here to give you a little piece of life. To go on this journey of life with you. 
to drop bombs, lyrical bombshells on your head top. Now, Kwame is not here for good reasons. He's in a better place. He has not passed away, but he's gone somewhere else to stay. And we are forever in our memory. And I've got no bars left because the first time was so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes, he did it again. Us. He did it again. I, I, oh I'm my days! Really, really impressed because the first one was hard, and I was kind of like, "Is he going to be able to live up to that one?" But obviously, Stephen is a man that can, and he did. So, yes. thank you for intro. Lightning does strike twice. <laughs> In Stephen's case, imagine if I wasn't recording again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make those jokes, bro. <laughs> Bro, I'm putting you on an enforced mute if you're not recording again, bro. And me and Kieran will talk shit about you until you're allowed back off mute. Just put him in a corner on a naughty... Bro, I have got a bone to pick with you, though, Kieran. I do have a bone to pick with you. Yeah. Why? So, we were... um, Before we go into what made us smile, we were all together on Saturday. We were together on Saturday. And um, we were just having conversation. Like, shouts out to everyone that was here. It was... uh, Sam, Adil, Diana, um, Faz, Jill, Faz, Jill, and Fazia. Yeah, and then uh, some others joined as well, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, at one point we got to talking about this show on Netflix called Too Hot to Handle, and <laughs> everyone was talking about it, and I was like, "Nah, it sounds terrible." But then Kieran came in with the validation. And I know my brother knows good TV, innit? No, so he gave I, it the seal on, of approval. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Because I'm on episode six right now, brother, and it's all your fault. Hold on, hold on. You're on episode six. Don't tell me a shit then. Bro, <laughs> this guy came in and was like... There's ten of them. Wait, <laughs> bro. Wait, bro. Kieran comes in. Kieran comes in. Kieran comes in and he's like... No, no, yeah, trust me. It's, uh, it's pretty good, man. You should watch it. You should watch it. <laughs> Don't talk like that, you dick. Now here I am. Here I am watching this trash. And I can't get enough, Kieran. It's all your fault, bruv. Bruv, it's trash It's you, all your it? fault. <laughs> it's all your fault. It's bruv. trash. But you know what, yeah? Certain, oh, times, certain times, I actually love... Like, I'm watching Love Island right now as well, yeah? But I actually love watching trash TV because certain times... I think we all do. I just can't be in all of the intellectual shit. I'm just like... Put it in front yeah, of me yeah, and yeah. let me just watch it. Too hot to handle is jokes, and so is Love Island. Because I wonder what it is about the human brain that needs that like release dose of bullshit. I don't know. It's like watching other people live. It's almost really interesting. <laughs> and that too hot to handle thing is what it's about. Um, I think it's like what twelve singles on an island. It's so bad. They all think that they're there for a summer of like filth, flying filth. Fun, yeah. <laughs> and then they get hit, hit with the notification from this um, uh, I guess like Alexa-like bot called Lana who basically mm. tells them that they can't have sex whilst they're on the island and any or kiss. Or kiss like any like any heavy petting any kissing any any all of that stuff yeah you lose money from your prize fund and I think there's like 75k that they could win at the end of this at this program Fam? 100, 100, 100. 100k, yeah. See, I'm, I'm, in, See, I'm into look, this show Look at this, he's blaming fuck. me. He's blaming me. He's episode fuck. 6. Yes, I am. And he's loving. Yes, I am, bro. Bro, I won't lie. I've been watching Love Island on Catch Up every single day. <laughs> Today's the first day I can watch me. it live. I'm gassed. Oh. I'm going to be on Twitter and all oh, of that, bro. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Who am I? What well, am I uh, well, after I've uh, picked that bone, 
I would also like to uh, see how you men are doing, man. Yeah, yeah. What's been going on? What's been making you smile? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah, cracking yeah, like yeah, in my yeah, homies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can go first. I will pass it oh. over. Yeah, Kieran, go for uh, it, man. I was actually going to nominate you. I rarely go first, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, what made me smile this week? Oh, well, I've had a, I've had a, I had a strange week because oh, yeah. uh, I actually did catch COVID. Well, did I catch COVID? I don't know. The, the, the results was inconclusive. It said I was positive. Um, I, don't, I didn't really feel like I was sick. I didn't have any symptoms. I stayed inside for like six, seven days. But the interesting thing was I had a flight to catch home on a Sunday. And I was kind of panicking because if I had taken another PCR test on a Friday and it came back positive, I would have had to stay in Amsterdam probably for another, I don't know, maybe two weeks. And Would have been screwed. And I had some things to do at home. So um, I, took a, I took a PCR test on Friday, came back negative. Everything was calm, managed to get through, um, came back home. And what's been making me smile is actually just seeing my family for the first time in two weeks. Because been away, it's been great. I love spending time away from home because actually it just gives me a little bit of peace of mind. But coming back home to the, to the thick of it, do you know what I'm saying? Um, seeing my brothers, seeing my mum, seeing my dad, seeing my cousins and my foster brothers and sisters. It is... Yeah, all hands on deck. So I'm here, I'm smiling, man. The sun's out. <laughs> to say the fucking beast. <laughs> the sun's out uh, and I'm feeling good, man. Like, I feel like I've, I've got some, like, um, newfound uh, focus for the, for the rest of the year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's very good to hear, and That's what's been, that's make, very good that's what's hear, been making me smile. I'm going to throw it back to Amsterdam and I'm going to ask my brother, Yaf Downs, What's been making this one? Yes. So much, man. What a blessing. What, as my dad would say, what a blessed life we just live. <laughs> Big up Pops one Bro. time. Trust me, man. That guy's a legend. Yes, he is. Uh, first thing that I have to say, my brother Kwame moved into his new place. And it is an amazing place. He also celebrated his birthday. I don't think I should be revealing his age Sorry, just what? yet because... Uh, no, 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 no. Don't do it, Skip. When it was last month, you were coming out all the details. <laughs> year, year, hour, minute. Hmm? No, no, run it up now. Tell them how old he's covered. We you saying I was doing your birth chart? The, all the details, Skip. Don't do it, Skip. Don't go back down, Skip. All, you know, all I know no, no, is... No, no, no. Tell them. I don't know. All I know is Kwame is old enough to have his own place. He moved into it and it's a beautiful bro. place. Very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Kwame, you see? You see, I tried, Kwame. I tried. Three, I've been two, having your no back. I've been having your back. Yes. Oh, My man. guy. But no, that, bro, honestly, that was just sick, fam. Like, being present in that house, seeing Kwame and Mir together, I was like, nah, man, this is, this is actually levels, yeah. bro. Like, levels have been set, fam. You get me? So, that was what made me smile. Uh, one of the things that made me smile. Um, oh, bro, just bare things, man. I, 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 there's bare stuff. Like, I can't even... I can't even... Uh, but it's... Yeah, it's just been sick. Like, I, I have had a lot of... Um, just, like, personal connections with friends. Because work hasn't been as intense. Uh, last week, it wasn't as intense as it has been. Yeah. So, I, I found some time to... Um, yeah, just, like, catch up with friends... Uh, reconnect with people that I haven't spoken to in a while. Um, yesterday, I was kicking ball in the sun. 
everything's just better when the sun's out, man. Definitely you know what I'm is. trying to say? It definitely is. And I was actually very happy to see Kieran on on a, on Saturday. Yeah, um because I knew that he didn't have COVID because I didn't have COVID and I was with Kieran and we shared drinks and food in the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. So if there's one way to catch COVID, it's that way. And uh, I was all clear. So I knew that he didn't have it. So I'm glad that he could come out and see us on the last night. Yeah, that was really nice. And um, yeah, just just vibes. I got my vaccination today. Tired of the old... Because uh, I'm not an anxious person yet. Mm. But I found that every time I had to travel, I would never get excited until I was on the plane. Mm. And that's because the COVID... Like it can just stop things at any moment, yeah, any yeah. given moment. COVID can just press pause on your plans, bro. Pause you know what I'm trying to say? So I was very, I was uh, like, after this scare with you, Kieran, yeah, yeah. he was like, yo, Manchester. I was just like, fuck this, man. I can't, I, I, I actually cannot be bothered with this anymore. So finally did that. Um, and I would not tell anyone what to do, but if you're looking for some peace of mind, shouts out to Rema, then. Um, I would I would suggest doing it. I mean, or do your own research first before you do it. But yeah, I did that. Um, so feeling good. And I know as we transition and hand over to Stephen, he has his own uh, vaccination story, which had me creasing today <laughs> when he called me. So Stephen, what's your story and what made you yeah, smile, my bro? There's a lot of things that made me smile this past seven days. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's my mum's birthday on the 14th. Um, Big up, yeah, mum's Yes, it was. Queen. That was just absolutely blessed to spend that time with us. It's also like the longest time we've been in London since I moved like six years ago. Um, so it was wow, like five weeks, but it was great too. How was yeah, that, no, Stephen? I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed like meeting up with people. I enjoyed like going, like literally went everywhere. Um, and yeah, I felt like, yeah, felt like I reintegrated myself back into kind of like uh, British society uh, only to leave on the eve of the, the big big freedom the big freedom day uh but now it's cool to spend time with my mom and celebrate her birthday and just like what a life that she lived mm-hmm. and we went for a long walk together which was really, really um beautiful just to spend some time with her we, we went to like one of the old neighborhoods where uh where we where we were raised so that was yeah no, that was so nice place. man like she's pointing out all the things like all, all of and then all of that areas has changed it's just changed like, there's nothing there's nothing, hardly anything there that was the same from like when we were mm-hmm. growing up. So it's interesting to see kind of how things are developed. But we should just spend. What area is that, yeah, Stephen? So this was um, kind of the South Moon, not just outside Potts Bar. So, okay. So this guy lives queen. So like this is, um, yeah. There's not there's not much there. It's just one like major like town centre, and for a long time we were the only like uh, black family on this particular. Uh, block where we were and then I remember that there was that's wild man the kind of like troublemakers like those who used to be doing like the kind of like the drugs and all of that kind of stuff like near us and like just all the stuff that used to happen in in that in that in that area Um, but there was one big field right next literally right next to my house that's where I used to kick ball all the time and they've completely put buildings all over it like this field was it was about there's about seven football mm. pitches worth of field, like just there. It's like wow. a dream if you're growing up. Like that's just a dream, and like they put housing everywhere, so you can't go there. Like that's where I used to do my sports days and things like that. Um, and then even just going back and seeing wow, man. Um, some of the people, some of the areas, it's just like wow, like money came from came from here. 
but now that was cool to spend that time with her. And then outside of that, obviously, Carmel, Carmel's birthday, just kind of seeing everyone show love for him, that experience that he had, that was like great mm. to see that made me smile. Just like this guy, like going into like a different realm of um, of his life or his journey. So that was great to see. Um, and then, it, yeah, my brother probably did something to make me smile. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out to T. Yeah. And then um, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. <laughs> um, I was supposed to see my uncle. Go, go see my uncle. As I'm leaving the house, my mum intervened <laughs> and she's like, you know what? How many jobs did you have? I had one. When you're going back to mum, yeah, yeah, I'm going back to work. Nah. Because so she, she's a key worker, so she literally took me to her workplace, uh, went to the vaccination centre, and she told the people that like, I'm going to get a job, to, to a second job today. Bearing in mind, it's not quite the eight weeks, it's kind of like five, six weeks. So like, she, so um, this woman was like, oh, I'll put, we'll put you to one side, but you better have like a good reason why you have to have it now. Obviously, I elaborated like a like the boss I am. And when she came over, it's like, yeah, I've been sent over to work overseas for work. Um, I'll be there for, not sure how long I'll be there for because of the COVID. I just want to protect myself and my family. Um, this job's really important. I saw, I saw this guy. And only for her to just say, yeah, sure. I was just like, oh, he didn't even make that all that effort. So I ended up getting like... And you want to talk about Yaf moments, bro? Get out of here, man. <laughs> Yaf, joke, don't, man. Don't, don't do that. Don't Thank do that. you. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the same weight division, fam. How, how, how dare you? <laughs> Get out of here, man. Fam, if it was you, they would have come to your yard. They would have come to your yard. I had to travel. <laughs> yo, yo, Kieran. Yo. Kieran, when I spoke to this guy earlier, yeah, I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. So your mum just, you lot just turned up. <laughs> this guy said, yeah, fam. No appointment, just vibes. <laughs> it, was, it was literally that. I thought I was going to my uncle's house. Lo and behold, I've got a needle in my arm. <laughs> so like, literally, she just said like, no, it's happening today. And then it, and it happened. So now I've got like my, my two vaccines. But that's just like a little microcosm of mum. You cannot say anything to my mum. Like, parents, I think, love it, man. I was scared for the teachers. Because just just how like you can't chat so when she says something's happening, it's happening with or without you. And parents' evening, like my my math teacher would normally say to me like, oh, "I'm going to tell your your mum about this." I was like, "Bro, you can go ahead. Like, it's your it's your head. It's your head. She's going to come with. Like, she, sorry, yeah. I'll like, give you her number, gonna, fam. She's going to deal with me go for it. But you, you're new to this, and lo and behold, parents' evening. Like, Do you know who you are talking to? Are you are you are you mad? And like, I'll be like, and then after that first one, my math teacher was like, yeah, it was just, it was giving me all the merit stamps, everything. So I said, I know I tried to win. I didn't want this for you. I didn't want this for you. But, <laughs> Parents' uh, evenings were funny, you know. I remember mine, man. I always used to ask, I always used to ask my mum to come because my mum was less stricter when I was growing oh, yeah. up. Because I knew if my teacher snitched on me and my dad was present, it was real long, bro. It was real, real long. I used to sign... Not on it. I never really had a bad one. I think... Um, nah, man. I ne- bro, I was a good dude. I don't think... 
I think I ha- I think I'd like slack in some subjects, and my mum would just be like, "You're not playing football on a Sunday." And I'm like, "No, I start bowling." That, that was enough. That was enough. Yeah. My brother was complete opposite. He used to love my love my brother, and then I'd be the juxtaposition. And then like my mum would always snitch to my dad, so there's no way around. I had to I had to do deals with teachers prior. This is how it was. I was just like, I was like, I will prove my intelligence by thirty percent if you allow me. Like, I was cutting deals. Before parents moved in, and I was signing my, I was forging um, signatures, fam. Like in my secondary school, I feel like I had teachers that just didn't like me. Do you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I, like I never had a bad, like I never had that's a bad. Thing. No, that's the thing though. That is thing. a thing. I know what you mean. But I had teachers that, like, I remember one teacher told my mum, yeah, and um, I will never, never get. My mum came back. She's like, your teacher said I should take you out the school. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Kieran's disrupted. He's this, he's that, blah, 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 blah. I was like, but I'm not. Do you know what I'm saying? But then I clocked it. Yeah. What? Clocked. The teacher, he just didn't like yeah. me, bro. Like, there's certain times huh. I'd have my hand up. He's looking around the classroom like, can anybody else answer this uh, question? Just wouldn't mean. like them type of bully tactics. Man had that, that personal oh, vendetta, bro. boy. Horrible. But you know me? Like to win people over. By the end of the school, like, like my time at school, this guy was raving about yeah. me. Them, oh, them, there we go. Them ones. Right? I chose violence. There's a teacher. No, never, never. Killed him with kindness. A teacher. She was like, I remember I got an A and then she told the class that it was a fluke. And I was just like, rah. So oh, shit. Like, I was like, it's on site now. So I remember she went out the class. She left like a tea in, in front. Fam, I dug, I dug this rich tea and man was like, big. but you know when you leave the rich tea in too long, it broke off. Yeah. Pandemonium. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. wait, wait. Yeah. This teacher had a cup of tea, and you took your biscuit and dipped your biscuit in their tea. What kind of a wait, 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 wait. What kind of a mind do you have to have to say this is how I'm going to get my own back? I'm going to dip my that's biscuit like, in your that's tea. Like sticking your finger in someone's pie, <laughs> bro. Did you double dip? The whole class was watching, yeah? And you know when you leave it in too long, the thing broke off. Pandemonium. I'm whisking this thing like I'm doing a souffle, trying to make sure it's done before before the teacher comes back. And when she comes back, she takes that first gulp. I was sweating. Anyway, she was up to the... But then just firmed it. I was sweating. Um... Oh, oh, Stephen, you're a different bro. type of you. You're mischievous. I just had anger problems, bro. I was just angry at school, bro. I was angry. I think I was angry. I always get angry. Yeah. No, go on. I think go. I was angry at school because I was like the only black kid in my year for a while or in my class. And I just felt very misunderstood, bro. Because here I was, this youth from fucking South <laughs> London, Brixton, and all of these youths are from like Burley and Orpington and New Addington. And I'm just trying to flex and be myself. And these men are just, these teachers just don't understand me. So yeah, there was times at school, I think like from year eight to nine, maybe a bit of year, I calmed down year 10. But year, year seven, year eight, I was just angry. I, I, did work, but I was just... I, I just thought I was funny. So like, um, I think the, the, the worst thing <laughs> I did was I came to class 20 minutes late uh, with a subway in my hand. Um, and then a teacher asked, uh-huh. like, where have you been? I was like, it's Meatball Mariana today. Some of the day. So it's like that he left the class and then uh, he, had, he had, do you remember this game? BBC Jam Busters. 
It's like, it's like no. Tetris. You had to get the little pies. You had to get three red pies in a row. So like, I loaded, whilst he was out, I loaded that up on his, he had the big projector. So I loaded that up and then the, cl- the class was cheering because I was on the verge of a high score. And imagine this man came back and I said, you better not right now. I'm on the verge of a high score. This guy waited patiently for me to get his highest score. Fam, no was, way. No he, way. He just started at the school. So I think he felt that, I don't know why, but like, I don't know why I got away with that, but I don't know what, I don't know what went through my mind, but like I was on the... You were taking man for idiots. I was just... <laughs> Well, what was what was the game on mini clip? Do you remember? Remember mini clip? Oh, was a banger, bro. Mini clip oh, was actually a banger. They that got blocked. Mini clip was basically a website that was free, and you could play like multiple, multiple online games. So back in the days of like no PlayStation or no Game Boy, mini clip was the thing. Yeah, there was like that. There was the oh, baseball thing gosh. there. There was the billiards game. Oh, it was amazing. I was going to say, seeing as we spoke a little bit about school yeah, yeah. teachers and yeah. that, I know we're definitely in the, uh, in, the, um, in the time frame of people getting their, their um, uni results, innit? Yeah, it? yeah. So, just wanted to shout out all the students, man, that have, have done their thing. They got their degrees yeah. and are probably going to go on, you know, into some sort of professional work or whatever. I know we also had, like, a friend of the yeah. show, like, reached out to us and did their thing as well. Josh, um, Josh yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Josh, man. Like, I think he re- he reached out to us um, maybe a couple of months ago just to like speak to us about his dissertation, and um, yeah, he got a first. So yeah, big up, Josh. So um, sick. Yeah, man, he's like a very talented writer and a very smart man. So big up yourself, one time, a guy. Um, he's from Mitchum yes, as well. Yes, yes, from, yes, from yes. End, so south side of the border. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot happening in in that space, but. After the episode last week, we just got bare feedback, yeah. and I guess this takes us into the the main, the meat of the meat of the, the combo. Of the yeah, the meat. Yeah, I'm of the, saying <laughs> this guy's gonna this guy's gonna order Subway on Uber Eats now. Um, but yeah, we 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 got like a pretty um, overwhelmingly positive response, I would say, because normally you know we get like a few messages yeah, here yeah, and there yeah. after most of our episodes, but this one I felt like people were pretty. Um, pretty engaged by and had a lot to say so we kind of got together um granted today and uh had a conversation about what we was going to talk about and we we just felt like it was a um a natural extension it was it was it was right to have a natural extension of the conversation we had last week um so yeah Stephen, i know you had a pretty good point of view on where we should take it so over to you my brother just kind of like talking a bit about our stories from when we were younger and then it just got us thinking about like how much a society actually shapes who you are and your identity you know so we're talking about uh, where you're from the school you went to uh, kind of the media the values in the household how much of that goes into shaping your identity we just wanted to discuss if that's a good or bad thing and just talk about kind of like in today we see like the next generation kind of like challenging some of those societal norms and kind of reinvent um, the whole conversation around identity. So, like, yeah, I wanted to kick it off to you, man, just to, like, as you now older and, like, looking back at it, like, how, how much has society played a role in who you, how you identify as? And looking back, do you think that's a good or a bad thing? I think, um, I think society plays a massive role 
in the way, like in your formative years, like looking back from mm. what growing up, and I guess we were just talking about school and um, just thinking about like the, the the environment I grew up in, South London, Brixton, Fortin Heath, Croydon, Norbury, and um, just looking around and seeing that everything that everything that you see can become something that almost inspires you to do something or be something in it. And it has its positive and it's, it also has its negative effects on, as, on you as a, as, a, as a young person. I think um, as, we, as we start to move and as we've grown, we've been able to be privileged enough to like step outside of those worlds, obviously moving to Amsterdam and seeing different things. And I think those, by doing that, by traveling and by seeing um, uh, the way that different people live, you start to understand the way in which you were brought up is through a specific lens, isn't it? Like it's through the lens of South London. It's through the lens of like a black boy. It's it's through the lens of Caribbean parents. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I think like a lot of a lot of who I am obviously is is due to the fact that I grew up in South London and had my my Caribbean parents, but whether or not that is, um, I, I can honestly say that obviously my my upbringing was a lot different to, to say Yafs or not a lot different, but was different anyway because of the the fact that we're we're from the two different households. But it's very interesting to know and to see. Um, you can look at someone or you can hear someone's from South London or know someone's from South London and have a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a shared experience of life. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, what do you guys think? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think there's... Um... I think there's three, three, three components that that really like influence things. I think from the moment you're born up until a certain age, let's say ten or eleven, your biggest the biggest impact on on you and how you see things are your parents and your immediate surroundings and your environment. So I feel like that's like your pet. So as parents, number one. Then I think number two. Then you start to have society because then you then you're more impressionable. Then you're starting to look outside of just your family and your immediate surroundings, and you're a lot more influenced by other things. Um, and then the third one, I think, is your own experiences. And I think your own experiences only really start kicking in. I would say around like 
21, 22, because... Yeah, I'd say a bit younger. Because I, I, think, I think we're very much influenced um, around, I'd say from about 10. And for, for the next 10 years, I think we're trying to figure ourselves out. We're trying to figure ourselves out. And then I would say like, yeah, 21, 22 is when you start having experiences outside of just like, you know, outside of just London, yeah. you start to travel more, you start to meet different people. Maybe because you guys went to uni, it's, it's a bit different, but for me anyway, certainly it was like at a much later age. Um, and then you begin to form your own opinions. And to be honest, bruv, like I've only really in the last year and a half, two years, really, really like doubled down on who I am as a person. And I think that, and I know that's going to change as well. I know that's going to continue to change. So yeah, I think those three components are what shapes yeah, you. That's, that's a good point, man. I think, um, as sorry to, and I know you're going to go in a minute, Stephen, but I think um, people are ever-changing. It? Like, that's, I think Always. that's the beauty of being a human being. Like, you, uh, you learn, you grow, you learn, you grow. You take in what you want and then you let go of the stuff that you don't feel like you need. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think as you grow, certain things, as you grow up, just become intrinsic because of the environment you've lived in, the people that you've surrounded yourself with, your family members. I think as you grow older, you start to, as Yaf is doing, as I guess what we've all been doing on this pod is, as well, and I'm sure Kwame could also like vouch for this as well, you start to kind of just ask yourself the question, like what is it that makes me me? And what is it that I like? Mm. And what are the things that I can do to like outwardly portray the, the, the intrinsic thing that's inside me? And uh, I think, yeah, like, just growth, man. It's growth. Humans change every day. Is what I was basically going to say. Go ahead, Stephen. What's your what's your what's your, yeah, what's your so take? It's pretty obvious that um, society has a large impact on who we are as people. So I think I was going to take it to like now where we are. Looking back, what are the things about society that you think we need to change or evolve? Because as people take more control over their identity and what they identify as, I think looking back. Some of the things need to change, and I think that's where we are in society in terms of all these fractions and divisions is because um, those previous societal constructs, society is a collection of rules that a group of people uh, informally or formally agree to abide by. Like it's when you're in, when you're in your group, you have certain mm. societal or social constructs that you agree to abide by. Mm. So when I look back, I think the first and interesting place is education because that has one of the biggest influences on helping you form your identity, whether good or bad. Like school is, is a very, very big influence on that. And when I look back at now, I see kind of the things happening in the world today, kind of like people trying to own how they classify their gender, some even on race level, um, and some even on other spectrums that we never would previously have considered. And when I look back at the education, things have to change or conversations need to be had. And that's interesting because you may get an increase of parents that would want to start homeschooling because they see that you know the identity of their child is so influenced by their education that rather than what they see out there, they want to take that on themselves. So I think if you take the kind of this conversation around the spectrum of gender and gender fluidity, 
um, even going to school and being taught um, biology to a certain extent, you know, how how does that have to change in terms of because that's kind of what you're taught to. This is a boy. This is what a boy does. Mm. This is this is what mm. defines a boy. This is what defines a woman. Mm. But you know, there's some schools and some education systems are like, you know what, we're kind of like tweaking this in order to fit that spectrum. So that's an interesting development that um, I think is going to be crucial in identifying um, how the next generation kind of grow up and how they identify as. And I just want to get your thoughts on like. Well, that's interesting what you're saying, Stephen, though, because I feel like that's formal education that you're referring to. But I feel as though in this day and age, we have so much access to information that if I'm a 10-year-old kid questioning my agenda and I want to find out more information on how, um, not how I feel, but like I just want to find out more information, that information is there and it's accessible. And I also think your your parents have the ability... To like, let's be honest, yeah. If one of your kids, okay, maybe not us because we we we've had a lot of conversations. But if you're, you know, you're like someone who's not savvy to this conversation, and your child comes to you and says, "Hey, this is how I feel." If I'm a parent, the first thing I'm gonna do is number one, like talk to my friends, of course, but number two, like research it as well. So I feel like informally, there's a lot that people can educate themselves on as well. And that allows them to have a broader perspective on things. From, imagine you're a kid, like, or so not, not a kid, but a young adult, let's say, like, 13, 14, 15. Uh, back then, we still, had, we still had access to the internet, but it was the conversations with our peers on a daily basis that helped form something. I could come to the group with, like, a piece of knowledge and someone would be like, oh, man, what are you talking about? Like, and all of a sudden, that information is disregarded because of, the, the, at that age the thoughts and feelings of your peers are so important. So that's why I feel like school is very, very, very important in shaping kind of like the how we identify as all those initial experiences because, yes, you have parents, but at the same time, school was always like the Champions League. It was like kind of like the level where you wanted to prove yourself at. I, I don't know how you guys felt, but I always felt like school had like a different weighting on it compared to other information. Like amongst, it was so important to come to be perceived a certain way in that school environment that it kind of superseded everything else outside of that. So I think that was like mm-hmm. my one space where I was like, yeah, I need to come correct in this space because of the ram- the peer pressure or the ramifications of getting it right was so more, much mm-hmm. more important in that, in that realm. Mm. So, so that's less education and more just like social constructs both, that are mainly... Because you, you, learn, you learn things mm. from your... Well, Obviously, they're not teaching me algebra and things like that. But like, you know, you, you, there's academics, there's academics, and then there's kind of life saying. lessons that you that you learn, and they're both happening at the same time because at school during lunch, no one's talking about. Maybe some people are talking about that algebra quiz, but you're not. You're talking about life at that point. So schools are kind of nice blend of mm. both worlds colliding together. No, no, trust. No, no. Schools like a school forms who like who you. Like a large part of who you are for sure because of for me anyway mainly the social interactions that you have the behaviors that you learn etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah I, I agree that Kieran what do you think yeah bro? yeah I, I was just thinking about it as well like just listening to what Stephen was saying and it's like <clears throat> school has a very big um opportunity I guess in the in well school plays a, a massive role in 
um, education and also just like getting people ready for the world. And I guess to use the conversation of um, gender fluidity, fluid, fluidity um, and just like gender in general, I think, yeah, schools are going to have to maybe change their rules. I don't know, bro. I actually, I, I actually don't know. That's 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 where I am. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I'm like I don't know. I don't know where schools are gonna are gonna. I think that social media is a, a, a massive part in educating yeah, kids right now more so than schools. Like I don't. I'm not a child right now. Obviously, um, I would hope not. Anyways, but um, we're all kids at heart. Always, always, all of always, us. always. But um, I I would imagine that kids spend a lot of their time. On social media, in fact, I know that they do. Key, that's key, that's, every that's an important day. one. So, to cut you, I just, I just, just on me. social media, if if you wanted to continue, because I wanted to ask them, like, because we see people that have multiple identities, and that's kind of synonymous with social mm. media. So, as you're going through social media, yeah, if you touch on like kind of the multiple identities or the different, even across platforms, like someone may have a like a Twitter identity versus an IG versus yeah. a TikTok one. Like, yeah, so I, yeah, I like the way you were going with that because I think that's a really important one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've lost oh, my sure, train no, of thought, no, but um, um, yeah, I think social... The man that can. <laughs> I think social media is a... Um, is 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 a great well is a great tool, but also a very divisive tool, I guess, for kids as well. But um, I think that they do learn a lot, and I guess it depends on what they're following in it and what they're seeing and what people are putting out. I could imagine that your like your identity, um, your I, I don't think your identity is defined by like what you put out. I think your your identity is is defined by the things that you take in and the things that you want to put out, if that makes any sense. I'm, no, no, it does, it does. Um, but yeah, brother, I'm, I'm kind of, I've, I've lost my trail, so. Just to zoom out quickly though, yeah, because we're talking, we're talking, okay, so you mentioned school, Stephen, you're talking about how you feel like that shapes. I think, for me, the biggest change that I've seen um, around identity is if you're non-white, because typically if you're white, you can... Okay, if you're white British, you can say you're from the UK and no one is going to ask the question, but where are you from? You know? Yeah, yeah. So like, we all have stories behind our Britishness. Let's say that, like, whether it's you, Stephen, that has Nigerian heritage, whether it's you, Karen, with Jamaican, there's a, there's a click down on our Britishness, right? And for me, the biggest change that I've seen um, is that people have more information on the places that their parents came from. And I think with that, they're developing, and much like Stephen was saying in the last episode, they're developing much more of a national pride for those places that they originally come from as opposed to the place that they're living in and residing in, which is a very interesting position for me because, again, if we go back to school, it wasn't cool to be African back in the day. But now... Like, Stephen, you, you, the last, we did a whole episode on Nigeria. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you absolutely loved it. I've got friends who, you know, whether it's Ghanaian, Nigerian, they always talk about going back home. They're building houses out there. Like, they're starting to set up infrastructure in the places that, let's say, they originally come from or their parents come yeah. from. And I think that's also a big 
playing a big part in like this dual nationality conversation because actually when you was talking Stephen and I listened back to the podcast I actually had a question that I, I wanted to ask you because you was basically saying like and this I know but I'm, I just wanted to play devil's advocate yeah because you was basically saying that you don't feel British and that you like you follow the Nigerian and you feel way more Nigerian so I actually wanted to ask you like so what is it that keeps you in England or what, what is it that ties you to England then? Because, you know, like in theory with everything, because there are obviously a lot of benefits, right? But what is it, what is that thing that kind of like connects you to the UK instead of uh, Nigeria? Because you could very easily live in Nigeria if you wanted to. So that was just like an interesting thing that I wanted to yeah, ask you out of curiosity. Kind of, um... It's just kind of where I happen to land. And uh, from there, obviously, going through the school system and then understanding that uh, it would be advantageous for my future to uh, kind of remain in that system. Because uh, in West Africa, and Nigeria particularly, um, if you have money or anything, then you normally use that money to take your child from Nigeria and send them to a school in the West because that was seen as kind of like... uh, that's seen as progressive. That's so interesting. You only go back to Nigeria if you've done something wrong. So I remember I was, t- I was talking to, um, I was talking to Ebs the other mm. day. I was sort of chopping up and he was telling me that um, he used to, uh, he used to go back to school in Ghana when he was younger, even though that he started off in like, uh, I think, oh yeah, his mum used to send him from the UK back to Ghana. And I was like, my first thought was like, what did you do wrong? Because it's kind of, it's always used as like kind of a threat. Mm. It's like, you know, if you don't get your grades up, I'm going to send you back to Nigeria. So it's kind of always used as some sort of like um, some, some sort of sunken place back in the day. Um, and even to the point, mm. like I, I made a post the other day that uh, a lot of people don't know my African names. And I was I didn't choose to have them when I going through this system because the thought of someone mispronouncing or just butchering that name would really annoy me. And I didn't want that. I didn't want that to happen. Yeah. Even, um, there's so much power in, in in names in terms of your identity, especially in like West African uh, culture, and, and maybe in maybe in like Jamaican Trinidad as well. Maybe you also have like the power of names, but like uh, it's definitely in, in Nigeria and in Ghana. Like there's there's meaning behind every name. So I have a lot of names, and all of them have a specific meaning, and that's how you kind of derive also another part of your identity even my surname has certain meanings from it which kind of brings about an identity if you go to some places in nigeria uh, especially when my the state where um Ogo state where my uh, my grandparents are and you say my surname that has a certain meaning and it actually leads to different different treatment if you have the surname so there's real power in names when it from a nigerian culture and that also mm-hmm. is tied into identity i mean when i was younger my mum would always repeat my the meaning of my nigerian name or to my brother the meaning of his name as a reminder of like when you strayed away from what uh, she maybe perceived wasn't our identity she'd be like don't you know your name is so 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 mm-hmm. so, so you know this is where you come from this is what you mean so that mm-hmm. was also mm-hmm. uh, an interesting kind of like element or complexity to the whole identity discussion. That's a that's a really beautiful thing, and I think it's a, a privilege that um, a lot of um, Africans and like people from Africa, from the continent, especially ones that have migrated to the UK, have. Um, for Caribbeans, it's not necessarily mm. the same. Like we can't we can't True. look at our name and say, 
I'm from this place in Nigeria or Ghana or anywhere in Africa. Like our our, our Very lineage true. starts in in it doesn't start in Jamaica, but it starts in Jamaica mm. or it starts in the Caribbean. Do you know what I mean? We can't unless unless there was some stroke of luck when they were taking down slave names and understood what what path they took from Africa. We can never actually know how far we we go back or where we're from unless you do like one of those DNA tests and even that is like oh yeah you're from Nigeria or you're from Ghana but you're not actually honed to a place it's really interesting where when I go back like when I've been back to Jamaica it's um it's a, be- it's, a it's beautiful when I go back to the Caribbean anyway it's beautiful but there's also there's always this feeling like when I walk especially where my dad's from in Portland in the country you're basically walking slave roads in it and it's it's such a it's such a um it's such a powerful but also like a somber feeling because you're like, rah, my ancestors trod these roads. Do you know what I mean? Like my dad would have walked these roads to go to school, but like his his mm. great his great great granddad or his great 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 granddad would have been a, a grandmother as well, would have walked these roads as slaves. So it's like Caribbean identity in the UK, I think where where I think Caribbeans, yes, they'll call um the UK, some of them will call the UK home, but also Jamaica and the Caribbean are home. But I think they probably resonate more with like British, um, British life, and they'll say still say they're Jamaican and and, and herald the the the, 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 um, the country. They don't necessarily. It's not the same with like Africans that come from Africa. Do you know what I mean? Then that identity point. is is ingrained, and it's it's very. It's, it's for me. It's a it's a it's a conflicting one. And I was I was trying to figure out like when we're having this conversation when we're starting. I'm just where am I sitting? Like where 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 do where do I want to take this conversation? And I think it's a it's a trouble. It's a, it's yeah. It's a conflicting one because it's like for someone who's trying to figure out who they are but doesn't actually know where they're from, it's very very hard to ground yourself in the world because in actual fact. Yes, we are figuring ourselves out, and yes, we are adopting the things that we we wish to to know and and to become as as human beings. But in actual fact, when you're looking back and you're like, okay, I could be I could be from a, a tribe of like storytellers. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I could be from a tribe of kings or queens or whatever. I just don't know. And all I know is that my people were slaves. Do you know what I'm saying? And enslaved by British or the, like whoever, whoever, do you know what I'm saying? So like, even though I am British and even though like the UK is my home, I still don't have a place that I know where I'm from, which is very like, it's not. I was just going to ask then, does that lead to, um, from the Caribbean anyway, kind of like the, the need or the desire to uh, recreate or reinvent the identity or, 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 or something. Mm. Or how do how do you see that plays in like moving forward? Because it's so interesting. Because I never really thought of things from that perspective. And like you were talking about, kind of like the conflict. That's really interesting. It's 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 funny because I guess like the Caribbean and particularly Jamaica, around the world, I guess there's like people, people view Jamaica as like there's a some people think Jamaicans are 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 whatless, and like some people might think think of Jamaica and think of Bashman or think of uh, Bob Marley and reggae and like music and vibes and food, 
But like, it's very rare. And for me as well, like just in the position that I'm in, uh, like when I was growing up, the Jamaican the Jamaican people of the Windrush were like obviously civil servants. They would have worked in like the NHS. They would have worked in as like um, my granddad worked as an engineer, a mechanic, and they would have done like all of these like these roles in 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 society. But like no one was really like pushing or getting to certain levels. I think I don't know the stat, but there's a lot less Jamaicans that go to university and have degrees. And- and masters and all of these things. I think that number is changing. I don't actually have the number now. And I think for me, um, as a Jamaican, uh, as a British Jamaican, I think what I want to do in my life is obviously supersede the the stuff that came before, isn't it? So that we're now starting to create a, a, a new a new vision of what like a, a Jamaican-born British person might be, or someone from the Caribbean, do you know what I mean? Like, um, I think a lot of people might look at the Caribbean and think athletics and sports and all of this stuff, but I don't think it's synonymous, and I could be wrong, someone tell me if I am, but I don't think it's synonymous with... um, Identity. Like, not identity, but like intellect or like synonymous with like... um, and they are, and don't get me wrong. There's there's bare of that. There's bare Jamaicans that are in like high power, high power jobs and doing a lot of um, uh, great things for their communities and for the world. But they're they're less spoken about. They're not they're not they're not like you don't see them in 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 the, in the everyday news or or in society like that. I don't know. What do you think, Yaf? I think um, that we had a conversation because. We're talking about, okay, this conversation about identity, but now we're talking more about like specific, like our own specific experiences, right? I think, um, and maybe this is just us. I don't know if it's quite trickled down to the younger generation yet, but I think at some point it will. I feel like we're gathering more of a global identity, meaning like we're so exposed to everything that happens all around the world now that it feels like there's more just this generational point of view. And yes, of course, like you have these personalized perspectives because of how you grew up, what your heritage might be. But I do think there is now like this more like consistent point of view amongst generations, especially like, let's say Gen Z, because everyone is kind of looking at the same stuff and being exposed to the same things. And I think... Now, like as we shift the conversation forwards, it's less about um, where you're from and more about what you believe in and what your yeah. values are. Because if we use Black Lives Matter as an example, it wasn't just black people marching in those protests. It was people of whatever color, whatever religion, whatever sex, gender, age, but they all believed in the same thing and they were all protesting against the same thing. And I believe that we're going to see more of that and we see more of that like this whole notion of allyship and people standing for what's right and what they believe in I feel like that shapes your identity way more especially now um, than where you come from or um, what your upbringing was although those do those things do shape your perspective I feel like it's more that collective of and that's why we see so many 
so, like community is a buzzword in our industry, right? And I think it's so commonly used now because it like that's what the world is. The world is just like pockets of communities of people who believe in the same things or do the same things. And I think that's very I, interesting. Yeah, that's true. I, I hear that, but I think in some places still where you're from still uh, unfortunately makes a large part of your identity. And I think of like Nigeria specifically, like um, because it, it's, it's very oppressive mm-hmm. for the young. So like, although they're seeing the same things and consuming the same things, like um, there's still that, oh, where they're, where they're from will make up a large part of kind of like their experiences and ultimately um, their identity, which, and also to the point of um, the other thing that shapes or helps people form an, an, Im- an impression of your identity is also your job. So I look at like the way that, you know, people are treated. But that's, sorry, Stephen, that's two different things though. Like, cause I think it's one thing how you feel about yourself and okay, then another fair, thing how fair, people see you. Fair. So which one? So you're talking more about like let, let, let me your perception then, in terms of like where where, where you're from. So the way I see it is that like if you're from um, Nigeria and you're, you're applying for opportunities from Nigeria, like that, you're seen is still seen. Okay, it's yeah. not seen as um, unfortunately, it's not, still not seen the same way. So like, just I've I've spoken to so many mm-hmm. people who are crazy talented, but just because they're still in Nigeria, like they're the opportunities or the experiences for the I get you. I get you. The same, which is sad. But like, um, so I feel still feel like where you're, where you're from, or where your situation you're born to has a massive impact on who you then become and your identity. So I still feel like it's still weighty. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's that is fair. Although, <clears throat> oh, it's interesting, bro. It's interesting because on the other on the other hand, like. I and maybe this is going to take years to 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 like fall into place, but I also think like in these future generations, and maybe this is going to take twenty thirty years. These young, like the younger people are not going to want to seek jobs, opportunities, or validation in places where they're not um, wanted or respected. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I already start to see that with my yeah. little sisters. Like they have a totally different point of view on work and doing jobs that they don't like. Like, I think that, I think there's just a, like, bro, like, we're talking from close, close to yeah, 30, yeah, innit? Yeah. So I, I think there's such a new, fresh perspective on these things from the younger generation. And I really think they're seeking less of this, like, outside validation and just want to do what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, I think um, we almost, I think we touched on it like two weeks ago when we were basically saying how we can't view the world through the eyes of the new generation because we're just not there in it like the same way mm. when we were growing up there were certain things that our parents just didn't understand and I think like mm-hmm. to touch on what you're saying Yaf um, your sister's not choosing to do jobs that they don't fuck with makes sense I mean and maybe that isn't a, a, a behaviour that's adopted by the younger de- generation because they started to realise that do you know what like they actually hold a lot of more power than than people think and what they and, and we, we're starting to even see that in ourselves as well because I feel like we're not going to be in a position, especially given what we believe in, and we're not going to put ourselves in a, in a job where we're like, actually, this this job doesn't rate like who I am as, a, as an individual mm-hmm. and it doesn't stand mm-hmm. firm with of what course, I believe. Of course, bro. And I think like... 
Yeah. Um, everybody is well within their rights to make those questions, like to, to ask those questions to the places that they work. And they, I, I feel like companies are at liberty, are at duty, to have a duty to actually like live up to those as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Because... Bruv, exactly. Because it's so, it's so important. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more thinking about it now because there was um, recently had like there was some things that I was dealing with as well, uh, just from a workforce perspective, and it made me understand and see things where I was just like, raw, like this could go another way in it. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, mm. in actual mm. fact, like, okay, I see, I see where you're, I see where you're going, and I understand that. Okay, maybe this is not right now, but. If you're making promises about certain things, then it has to happen, innit? Because if it doesn't, mm. then you're gonna put me in a position where I'm like having to question the the just question shit without saying too much. Identity, <laughs> bruv. Because you know yeah, where you exactly. stand and exactly. you know who you're on, you know exactly. you wanna do. So the, the the sickest thing that I believe is that with each generation, you just have like more knowledge. So where it's taken us to get to the ages right now to have these yeah. feelings, 12, 13, 14 years old, these, these, they're already yeah, yeah, there, yeah, aren't yeah. they? They already have this yeah. point of view. And so I'm super curious to see how that's going to continue to influence things. But Stephen had the, the, like when we was talking offline before, he was talking about like, how is, how is this new generation like driving things forward? I think was the question you asked. Um, and I think that's exactly it. They question so much. They don't accept things that um, are not aligned with their views. And I think they develop views at a much quicker age. Although, although it can be surface level. Like, for example, you hear a lot of people talk about sustainability. Bruv, I will cycle through Vondel Park after the youths them have been outside on a sunny day. It is filled with trash, bruv. That's not very sustainable to me. But I think they develop a, a point of view a lot quicker and are more keen so, to so stick to those point, values. I feel like they're the, uh, the generation that uh, digs beneath the skin because thanks to them, um, thanks to them, identity Definitely. used to be four buckets on a questionnaire. You black, black, white, did it. Facts. Now, <laughs> there, there is an array Facts. of options. Like, and now yeah. they're digging deep into the, the complexity of it. But, and it's actually mad when you deep it, like looking back at some of those, uh, someone needs to pull up those questionnaires from like the nineties. It's literally four options, and you'd be like, "Okay, cool." Black, white, other. Yeah, it yeah, might yeah, be three, three point five at best. <laughs> Black, white, Asian, other. Yeah, Remember that, that? That was it. That was your identity. That was that was everything. Wow. And even if you look at even even if you deep it and you look at games, games, you had three Pantone colors you could be, and the hairstyle. Like, even if you were black, the hairstyle would be the same as a... you still be having that brill cream hairstyle. Bad gel. Bad brill cream. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. You were in... The, the hair was all Facts. the same. And now, now oh, when you look at bro. the options in, like, gaming in terms of your avatar, your character, like... God, true bro. bruv true even things like black yeah, barbie yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, spot yeah, on yeah, you're yeah. spot on bro the things that you do to kind of almost fit into those places as well i put gel in my hair before i put gel in my hair i went to all white school bro there was uh, things that man was doing <laughs> wait, wait, wait. you put gel in your hair steven i was just like ah these man fam, <laughs> these man had their little tidal wave thing and i was with your tough nigerian hair bro i was lost in the wilderness of identity fam 
Wow. Oh, Bruh, shit. I hear it though. I hear it, man. I hear it. And it's, it's something that I, I think like as like young black boys in the areas that we grew up in, the schools that we went to and just being in society, like there's certain things that I think it was easy for us um, yeah, when like being from South London and it being a predominantly black area when we were coming up. But I think like for me personally, when I was going to like um, school uh, in the secondary school, and it flipped 180 to be like being a school full of black kids to being like three black kids in a year. And I'm looking around and just being mm. like, wait, I didn't even know, bro, I didn't even know why people existed until I was like 11 years old. I thought they were just only on the television, which is mad. That's so is wild mad. because that's what we have yeah, in reverse for a lot of people. Trust me. Wow. And like the cert- certain things that like I would see at school and then bring back home. <laughs> My mum would be like, where do you pick that up from? You put that up from school? Like, like just mad shit, innit? <laughs> and I just like, yeah, I just feel like we were, we, we, were, we raised it a lot different, mm. man. We were raised a lot different. So, so, I want to ask you guys a question, yeah? Um, and maybe this wraps up the convo, I don't know. But what do you think, if you was to go back or not even go back, but if you was to to uh, name a moment, a place, or a person that you think had one of the biggest impacts on your identity, what do you think it will be? And I, I can go first while while you guys think because I have a pretty good idea. Um, I think my 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 parents obviously have a huge impact as as they do with yeah. most people. Um, although you know maybe some kids don't grow up with their natural birth parents or they have different growing up situations, so. Um, you know that 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 can obviously have an impact, but um, I I will say moving moving to Amsterdam out of and living living in a place that was completely new in terms of perspectives um, and just environment, I think for me was probably the most pivotal thing I've ever done in my life because it took me out of uh, an environment that I was used to, placed me into another one, and I just kind of had to deal with it. But I think alongside that, or in addition to that, I really filtered out the things that I like and don't like. And when I go back to London or when I go anywhere in the world now, I'm the same person. So I don't, I thought like what I used to find myself doing the first few times I went back to London when I moved to Amsterdam was like reverting back to my London way of doing things, of speaking, of interacting. But I don't do that anymore. Like, I can say hey to my boy from South London that I grew up with from from the jump. I'll be like, yo, hey, bro, what's good? You know, I wouldn't dream of saying that like the first couple of times. I'm like, hey, bro, what's wrong with you? You're right, fam. Like, what are, what are you teaching you over there in Amsterdam? But anyway, long story short, I feel as though Amsterdam for me was was the one because it really just like cemented a lot of things that I knew I believed in yeah. and like filtered out the things that I... Was probably just doing to fit in. Probably second that. Obviously, my parents were a, a major key when it came to like just grounding me as an individual and giving me the the freedom to explore life and to question things and to understand like people everywhere are different, but also very much the same. And I think going and moving to Amsterdam was like the most impactful thing that happened to me in general and and living with Ankita those living with Ankita 
live like living in Amsterdam were two and big up Ankia. She ain't had a, a shout out for a little while. But um Shout out to Ankia. That made me smile. Um those two things I think just opened my mind even further and like allowed me to just be like, okay, like first of all, I think Amsterdam allowed me to see um allow, allowed me to to be um to question things that I grew up on. Um see, yes, see, see see if um and, and and not even point fingers as well, just have a objective view of the lens that I was I grew up on, like, and understanding mm. that that lens was the South London lens. It's so you know weird. I mean? like, bro. If, I, if you it's plucked so me weird. up, if you plucked me up out of South, like London, and put me elsewhere, which which actually happened. What what I, what happened in Amsterdam was like, okay, who is Kieran? What does he believe without the lens of South London? And I think there are certain things I kept, certain things that I had to evolve. Certain yes, things that exactly, had to had to exactly. drop off. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that's exactly the growth. So. That's the growth. I think that Amsterdam allowed me um, to have. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, my identity was formed a lot and, and grew a lot whilst I was away. Yeah, um, I think for me, there's a couple of uh, key moments. Uh, obviously, I think my parents, but especially my dad, uh, who I miss every single day, was the biggest. Rest in yeah. peace, bro. Yes. Rest in He's paradise. Influence on my identity because every day he would speak to me about who I was or who I'm supposed to be and where I am today. Every single day, every single day he would. That's amazing. Where I need to be and who I am, and literally I would have those talks with him on a daily basis. Anytime I veered away from that, he would just say, "You remember who you are. You remember where you're from." And then so that number one, and then number, <laughs> number two. Uh, can I just say you're doing him very proud, very proud. He's proud of you, bro. Trust. The second one be, um, I went, I went to Nigeria unaccompanied when I was like five or six, like when I was very, very, very sorry, maybe sorry, 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 sorry. You was on the plane by yourself at six, definitely before I was ten. So like I went unaccompanied by now. So I went there when I was very, very young by myself and. From early, wow. I had an understanding of where I was from and kind of like um, my, my culture. That happened very, very early. And then I would go back and do um, light summer schools. Um, there. So I understood. So when amazing. So when you ask like okay, why, okay. why I feel so British sometimes, it's because like that I had that from early. And I, I flew there by myself. My mum just came over to the uh, British Airways hostess mm. and took me and then... I went to spend time with my dad for the for the whole summer, and that was very early on. Um, and then I think university. Um, so when I went to Portsmouth, um, that was like a big experience for me. So um, because I travelled quite a bit before then, so like coming to Amsterdam wasn't quite the it was more the norm rather than the exception to it at that stage in my life. But like going to university was the first time where I was living. I wasn't living at home, and I was living by myself and like forming who I was and fending for myself for like the first time in my life. So that was, uh, I experienced all sorts in the, <laughs> experienced all sorts in those four, four years, man. And like, <laughs> I really found out about, <laughs> about myself, who I was becoming and uh, what I was thinking and how I act in certain situations and how I react to stuff. So I think those three big things um, significantly shaped 
who I am and you can feel everything else in him and around him. And I think um, when it comes to identity, mm-hmm. I think people need to realize that there's an I in identity for a reason. So I choose and I decide who I am and what I'm going to be. And then other people cannot do that. Other people cannot ID me. That's facts. That's man. facts. That's, That's facts. Too. And it always it's ever evolving as well. It's ever evolving. I remember having a conversation with Ibby and um he said like I f- he said something along the lines, like to paraphrase, of like I thought I knew who I was. Or you always think you know who you are at that at any given moment in life, but then fast forward two, three years, you all you always see the growth and you always look back at those moments and kind of laugh to yourself thinking you thought you knew life back then or you thought you knew who you are but it always grows right so yeah man this has been a yeah, this has been sure, a really dope conversation sure. and I find that I always say this after every episode <laughs> but I'm really <laughs> I'm really looking forward to listening back to this one <laughs> I just love our show bro we're lit we're lit man we talk we that really talk do, fam. Man. we really we talk really that do, talk really big shout out to Kwame who isn't with us today obviously but you are La Flame brother you are miss my brother and hopefully you check in and listen to this one. It makes you smile. You've been listening to the Out of Home podcast with your boys, Geran, Stephen and Yaf. The best show on the airwaves from city to city, coast to coast. You know what it is. It's your boys. It's the man Cheese. Come on. British podcast all the winners. Shit, shit, shit. Oh, I need to stop recording. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, you lot. You lot and the boys are crazy. Hey, come on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.